Welcome to the I'm Booked Podcast. I'm April O'Leary, and on today's episode, I'm excited that we have Don Fedor, a two-time author with O'Leary Publishing, who just launched his book, The Ultimate Quest, Awakening to the Power of Love, on February 21st, 2023. And we're here today with Heather DeRocher, our head editor, who talks with him about the editing and writing process. We get into the design of the book and how he was able to create something far better than he thought he could over the past two years of working with him to develop this amazing manuscript. Let's get started. Hi friends, I hope you are looking forward to meeting six of our authors at our Booked Naples event. That's coming up on March 17, 2023 in Naples, Florida at the Norris Center. Don Fedor, featured in this episode, will be here speaking for a second time at our event, and we look forward to having you there in person to meet our authors, shake their hands, get your pictures with them, get some signed copies of their books, and have an amazing time. I look forward to meeting you, and to get ticketing information, visit o'learypublishing.com forward slash booked Naples. We look forward to seeing you there. Grab your ticket today. Welcome back to the I'm Book Podcast. I am excited. I've got Don Fedor on today and our head editor, Heather DeRocher. Welcome to the show. So excited to be here. Well, and it's, and it's great to be with both of you. So, And we were just talking before I started the record about Don's first book, which came out two years ago with us, Awakened to Unconditional Love. And this being episode 63, he was actually on episode 23, 40 episodes ago and two years ago. So if you haven't listened to that one, make sure you go back and listen to episode 23. But how I propose that, that it's exactly 40 episodes later, here you are again. And you had 20 masters in your first book. So that's, you know, two of each of them or something. <laughs> it's amazing that two years have passed. Um, Never well, we've been. kept you busy in that time, have we not? Very, very busy. So since Don's book has launched, his Awakened Unconditional Love, he was a featured uh, speaker at our Booked Naples event, our first annual one in 2022. And he's going to be speaking this year on his brand new book, The Ultimate Quest, uh, which comes out next, next week, which this episode will air the day after it on February 21st. And it's so exciting to see that you're going to be speaking this year at the Book Naples event as well on a totally different topic, on a totally different stage with a totally different uh, audience. How are you feeling about that? Um, probably about as, well, I'm not as nervous as I was the first time around, but um, it's, it's an amazing thing to get up and talk in front of a few hundred people and possibly, you know, those who are streaming in if, it's, if, if it can be done this year. And, um, but yet it is what I've been being nudged towards, uh, really probably April since we met how many years ago? Four, four, right? Is it four? Yeah, it's probably, probably close to four years ago. We sat down and you, uh, told me to re rethink and reorder, uh, the books I was bringing out and uh, here we are today. So. 
And here we so are. So I was thinking about this, you talking, you know, at our booked event, and you were a professor for many years. So you spoke on a regular basis in front of people. How is this different for you than when you were a professor speaking? I will admit that it is completely different because in that capacity, I talked about subjects, areas of expertise, um, presented research results. I wasn't talking about me. You know, I might put in some examples about for my professional life or, but um, in this case, it is so much more personal and um, so much more vulnerable than, you know, having a role, you know, with the title and as I say, material that you teach, you know, teach or present from. And what I love about the word role right, is we all play roles in our life to get by. We have our professional role. We have our roles in various relationships that we're in. And sometimes those roles keep us from knowing ourselves or keep others from knowing us. And that's part of your ultimate quest, right, is to figure out your own inner world. And I love that you are willing to be vulnerable up on a stage in front of a bunch of strangers <laughs> and talk about yourself because that is what connects us as human beings it's not the facts and the figures and the research necessarily although those are interesting right it's the human to human connection that is so important and so hard to do and so few really do it and do it well and you have done it really well so I'd love to segue into your book which uh Don's book the ultimate quest which is just launched and you can get your copy on Amazon is the book that he thought was supposed to be the first book and ended up being his second book with us now. So let's talk a little bit about this book and why you thought it was the first book. The reason is because I took what I'd say is a linear approach to this because the, the journey to discovering, at least for me, that unconditional love is that quest, I thought needed to be shared first. And then if people were interested, then we could bring out a book on unconditional love. And of course, from the get-go, you informed me that we were gonna reverse that if we work together. And that really bring out the one on the topic and then, allow people to see how it came about. And even what I thought I would be revealing at that time has gone so much further than I would have ever imagined, you know, with working with the two of you. Because each time I thought I was finished, um, one of you would decide that I wasn't. Yeah, so let's talk a little talk about, about that. that, Heather, about the editorial process. I want to hand the microphone over to Heather because she has worked with all of our authors on their manuscripts. And a lot of times when we get manuscripts in, uh, what we love is that the, the aspiring author has done their very best job. They've put forth what they consider to be the final work and that they are ready to publish. And one of the things that we have to do and we get to do is to say, well, maybe not quite yet. Let's talk about this and that and rearranging and going deeper. And Heather is an expert in that. She has worked on dozens of books now. 
And over the past four years, we have had a great time doing it. And this book was no different other than the fact that Don is a very insightful, very intuitive author. And Heather has a way of pushing and getting the meat out of the author. So let's talk about that, Heather. What was your approach with Don and how did that work for you two? Well, it's been wonderful, right? Because we've worked together now for almost four years on two different books. And one of the things that people may not realize about this process is what an intimate relationship it is between an editor and an author who is writing a book about their personal experience. And so we're going to go really deep into things and there's going to be questions and things are going to come up. It's, it's almost sometimes we, we talk about it being almost like therapy, right? Because you're really going into who you are and what you care about and what your message is to share with the world. And the most powerful messages are the ones that we share from our direct experience of what we have experienced, right? And so I was really grateful to be able to jump back in again with Dawn and to be able to push him on this because he had written this book over what, like, the book that just came out, The Ultimate Quest, of course, I had a whole different title when it started, but you've been working on that for 15 years, right? Uh, first started drafting this and mainly for myself. 15 right. years. Because I, I had gotten the message. <laughs> and if people look at the front of the book, they'll see how that came about. But it was that this needed to be written up. And, but I still fudged for a lot of years because it was like, I'll write it up. I'll do what I, what I know to do, but mainly it was for me. And it really did help me put a lot of things that had happened in perspective and gain with each iteration, a deeper appreciation for a lot of things that had been sometimes incredibly challenging along the way. So Don, what were the places and the things that you weren't able to do on your own that we were able to help you with in terms of getting this book to what it is now? Okay. One of the, one of, well, a couple of answers to that. The first is that because Heather, you brought a knowledge of the area in, because um, I think I had revealed to both of you that I had had standard editing done beforehand. So I thought it was a reasonably polished book and had you know responded to those types of questions. But then when Heather and I started to dig in, it was a whole different level at which we began to look at the events and you know what had happened, why, what I had gained from it. And the other was, um, and this came from April, and it had to do with what else was going on in my life? Because when I wrote the book, it focused in on the pieces that I thought were of the journey, but not the rest of my life that I was trying to function within. And she pushed back and said, what about, what about the other parts of your existence? And that sent me back to the drawing board once again. So. And you you ended up, it, it was a struggle and it took a little while, but you ended up doing such a brilliant job of telling your journey, the spiritual journey that takes place over five years. And then at the end of each year, looking back and saying, okay, here's what was going on in my professional life, in my personal life, separate from my spiritual journey. And you did a really brilliant job of framing that. And then it was a whole story, right? And April was able to see that there was something missing. And now we get the whole picture. 
And it feels kind of to me, and Don, you in April, you can say what you think about it, but what it feels to me is you had these two separate lives and to some over those five years, it came to the point where you started to realize how can I have a whole single life as opposed to two separate lives? There was definitely an integration process and doing this book especially helped in that quite a bit. So Don, who are you now today that you weren't a year or two or three years ago because of this book process that we went through, which we had a ton of fun and we worked hard, but it was a lot of fun. And it was, we enjoyed it. At least I did. I think you did too. <laughs> so who are you now because you've done this? Well, I, I can tell you, I have given up the, the notion of having a regular retirement. <laughs> Dawn is retired. Oh, what's that mean? I, I, I was kidding somebody. I was on a, on a bike ride yesterday and I said, you know, this was supposed to be the time I was retired. And uh, they just they just laughed, you know, when I talked about the things that I'm doing of late and still, and um, I think it is that, I, that I've come to truly appreciate the journey. And I was looking for some endpoints, you know, like, okay, you published this. And that was very much my career. Um, you know, you got things published that were discrete endings to things, sometimes even to an entire research stream that you finally said, enough. But in this case, because it is going back to where this conversation started, it is so personal and it is so involving in terms of looking back into oneself that it never stops. Don, what would you say to someone who was like you, you know, four or five years ago? I mean, you had published a book, but it was a, a book, a business book, right? With your business, right. business that yes. you were doing. So this is more of a, a personal story, spiritual book, memoir, you know, in a different genre. What would you say to yourself, someone like you four or five years ago, to help them get going to do what you have done, which is publish one, two books that are, that are helping people? couple things. One is don't get discouraged because it's easy sometimes, especially when the two of you are absolutely masterful in coming up with things that originally I just went, I have no idea how I'm going to respond to this. You know, as I mentioned, when, when April came and said, what's going on with the rest of your life? I was trying to think back to what the heck was happening when, and I wasn't initially sure. So a lot of it is, if you, if, if you don't have an immediate answer, try to step back and allow, in some sense, allow to the, an, the answer to come. Play with it, um, but try not to get discouraged. And it's something that the, the three of us have talked about. With my former career, I was used to having things sent back over and over and over again to be reworked, new data to be collected. Um, stuff getting rejected. So even though this is on a personal level, the best advice I could give to somebody else maybe is don't take it so personally. You know, try, try to step back and understand where the two of you are coming from about why you're asking or why you are pushing. Um, and we, we always... 
you know, the others can come to appreciate. Yeah, and we always um, say to all of our authors, you know, we work for you, our authors, right? And we are going to share our insights and some authors take them, some of them, and they take, don't take other ones. And we're never tied to it. We're just pushing to make the book the best that it can possibly be, right? So we, we asked Don questions and told them, you don't have to do this, but if you can, let's see what happens, right? Well, the, the other piece I will add is, um, again, as general advice, Find good people to work with and then be willing to listen to them. Because, you know, I, I know you always gave me that out, but I also said, I, I appreciated that this is not the area that I trained in for 30 years. You know, this was not setting out theoretical setups and perspectives and then creating hypotheses and then a method section and then testing and then you know, how much could we say about, you know, what we found, you know, those types of things. It's a whole different world. And so if you're stepping into a new area, find people who you can trust, who you can work with, and, um, and then listen and be willing to do the best you can in responding. Can you talk a little bit more about that, about what a potential author should look for in an editor or a publisher or a team? What are the things that you, after having gone through it with two books, know that you need for you for it to work? What can people look for? Uh, there has to be, at least for me, a connection that goes beyond what you're doing, okay? So clearly, I mean, the story that I've told before is when April and I met, we were going to meet for what, 45 minutes, an hour, just, and what was it? Three hours later, we parted. And I knew that we were going to work together. And then when I found out, Heather, more about your background and the spiritual journey that you had been on, that opened up a whole nother arena for us to work together and sometimes to share the frustrations sometimes to be able to step back and look at it as to uh, what, what we were gaining as people, not just as you know, editor and client. So it's a journey, as you said, that you're walking together and it's gonna take you places probably you never anticipated. And you wanna walk with people that, um, that, that you can open up to in all of that. Yeah, I think that trust that you said was really yeah. important. You know, it's like, it was like whatever people believe, but a, con a soul contract or written in the stars or something like that. Like we knew that we were meant to work together as a team. And it is such an intimate journey. And one of my highest aspirations is, you know, to know myself as well as I can. And these kind of relationships when we work together helps me to know myself better. And I, I think for you, you've had that experience too, that you've definitely come to know yourself much more deeply because of this experience. Most definitely. Yep. I'll chime in here because I love hearing the two of you and as um the person who's not always like in those conversations because Heather is really the one who's working directly with every author and their ideas and their manuscripts. And then there are times that she'll send it back to me and say, what do you think of this or that or whatever? And I love watching the two of you 
you know, develop the manuscript and develop this relationship of trust that is super important. Um, because putting a book out there is not like buying a car or going on a vacation. It's a process of back and forth conversations that happen over many months and even years. And the final product is something that will long outlive any of us, which I think is an exciting thing. There's not much we can do in life that will live beyond us in this world. And which is kind of a funny and like daunting thought in a way that like, oh my gosh, that is true. But we never know the impact that the book might have. And I think that putting yourself in that zone of trust and having that sense that you're being guided and that you're working with the right team and that you know that there's a greater purpose for this, I think can make for what you've created is this very magical book. Um, and I'd love to talk a little bit about some of the ways that the manuscript was finalized and the design was uh, put together and the reviews that we got, I think are amazing. And some of those, um, I'll say, I'll call them bells and whistles pieces, but they're not really just for show. They all have meaning. And so when I look at your front cover here and I have it up on the screen, it's got this brilliant, um, would you call it emerald? What kind of green color would you call it? Yeah, it's an, I, th I think it is, at least that's what we were shooting for. Yeah, it's like an emerald green that goes kind of towards a darker green, almost to black at the bottom. And then there's this brilliant sword that crept right across the middle with some fire. And so it took us a long time to find the right sword and to come up with that idea. So how did that feel to you as we were going through? I know the first book, we had a lot of um, back and forth on design and all of that, but what about this book? How did the design process feel for you as it was rolling out? Well, I really thought initially it was going to be easier because we actually had an image to start with. And amazingly enough, it turned out to be, I think, as, as challenging or more than the first book because there was an essence that we were trying to get across and we went down a lot of different avenues and we would get there and go, eh, that, that doesn't exactly work. And um, you know, April was, was kind enough to go off on her own for a little bit because, and come back and say, hey, how about this? Well, we had, how many sessions did we have together? A lot. Yeah. And we, we even had four covers that we put out there and did a little bit of a contest for people to vote. Mm -hmm. And we were hoping that that would narrow it down. And when we got it back, we're like, it still isn't right. And that's one of the things that's really amazing about April. You know, I'm in the trenches with the authors, but she's overseeing all these other really important pieces. And when, and, there, and you have such good intuition about, you just knew it wasn't right. And you just stuck with it like a dog with a bone until you found something that could, and it was a totally different look than what we had started with. Well, initially we were trying to go a little bit more towards uh, a sister book kind of feeling from the first book, a little more um, kind of in the shading of the colors, a little bit more of the same type of feel so that it seemed as though they, they played nicely together. <laughs> and the two books now are very different in the look, but I think that this really reflects more 
about your the light breaking in from the darkness, about the representation of the sword and what that meant as part of your story. Um, and I and even the title, we talked about the title change. Um, we had some different iterations, I believe. I can't even remember where we were at with that. It feels like it was well, so we had one one of them was awakening through the night, K-N-I-G-H-T, because it was a play on words and, and he was the knight in this book. And we had that for a long time, Awakening Through the Night, which is a beautiful title. I love it. But it wasn't the right title for this book. That is true. And, um, and, and, and so for those listening and contemplating doing a book, I really wanted to believe that, you know, once we got the manuscript nailed down, the rest of it would be, would be easy. You know, it would just flow from that. And yet there are so many, like, like almost anything in life, you, the closer you get to it, the more complexity you see and the more things that really do need to be dealt with to bring something to fruition. And so you're right. We went back and forth about the titles um, because even what message does this send? You know, how are people going to take it? You know, this having a night, which is where the book starts off, is that going to have people think it's a science fiction book, which it's not? So it was it was an amazing journey. Yeah. And that there is a real um, strategy, I'll say, and deliberate um, message that you send based on the cover that you have. And I think that having an excellent manuscript and a really crappy title or cover is doing your book a major disservice because the saying a, a book is judged by its cover, even though we don't like that saying is largely true. People have to be intrigued to pick it up and the front and back have to speak to them on a level that makes sense. Even if the play of the night, for example, Awakening Through the Night meant something once you got into the story, then you would understand why it was night. But for somebody who doesn't know that the story has to do with the night, it just seems confusing. Like you said, is this a medieval story? Is this like a sci-fi story? Is this, you know, a fiction? Yeah. What is this? You know, I'm not sure. And so I think that we really were able to give the reader a chance to get into the book because the, the cover is so compelling. And one thing that I also love that we did on the cover is we were able to get a Kirkus review for this book, which is exceptionally difficult. Kirkus reviews are not inherently kind. Um, less than 10% get anything that would be worthwhile of putting on a book, and that's just true. And so we took a chance and submitted the book to get a Kirkus review, knowing that we could have gotten back that this is the worst book they've ever read, um, because it's just a, it's a traditional um, publishing standard to have that. And they really liked it. I knew it wouldn't, they wouldn't say that because I know I this book. <laughs> but I'm just saying when you're putting yes. yourself in the arena with all of the big dogs and all of the big books and they don't know Don and they don't know his book and they don't have any reason to say anything nice if they don't want to. It really says something, right? That the book was able to receive that review. So it says, and I have it pulled up here and I just want to read it because I think it's so good. It says, this is a surprising and effective account of a man's, of a man searching for meaning in his past incarnation. 
so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, for them to say that it was, um, you know, a surprising and effective account, I think is so amazing. It's a great testament to what you've done through the editorial process. You did that. And that is a really good word, effective, because I do think that Dawn is very effective and thoughtful and takes the time to really find the words. I mean, obviously he has a PhD. He's very smart. He's very experienced and all those things, but he, he really takes the time to choose effective words and to listen to the team of editors, you know, that came in to try and help with him. So I think that's such an excellent word um, to have that. And you know, the, the amount of hours that it takes to create something that's as good as this is. I'm so proud of what we've done together because we've worked together for almost two years on just this book after it was already written. I mean, it was already written and then we worked together for two years and it doesn't always have to be that. But this was a deep, deep book and we wanted to do it service, you know, this story. And the amount of the stories that are in here, Dawn's actually a really funny guy. It doesn't always come through, but some of the stories that are in here are just so entertaining and so funny. Um, Dawn, do you have a favorite story that was in the book that you could just share a little bit, tease the, the, the listeners so they can, you know, want to pick it up and, and read more about this story? Oh, that's a tough one because there are, there are a number of things, but I'm going to, Heather, I'm going to get, go to the one that you really like. Yeah. If that's okay. Uh, yeah. I have a favorite. Okay. Yeah. And it was one of the turning points for me about merging the lives together. And it came about, um, and, I will, and I will set this up a little bit with um, the brother that I'm gonna talk about is very successful business owner, um, incredibly detailed oriented, um, you know, is a superb pilot, has flown for, um, since he was a teenager, and never had an accident, you know, has, has always been very meticulous. We built planes. So this was a conversation that's in the book that I share with his permission. And it was, we were all gathered up in New Jersey, except my parents um, who, were, who had remained in Florida because my dad was under hospice care. And uh, the morning of the memorial service for my brother-in-law, and I'll also add that he died very unexpectedly at the age of 61. And so um, there was a light knock on my door that, that morning as we were trying to prepare for this event that none of us you know, had seen coming. And it was my brother and he came in and he had gotten a call from mom that dad had passed that night. And so um, I was still in bed and he pulled up a chair at the end of, my, end of the bed and we just got talking about death. And a lot of it centered around how, we, how different we felt. Because with my dad, there was huge relief. I mean, uh, we were actually grateful after him being bedridden for over two years and just being miserable. And yet we were grieving over a brother-in-law we both really loved and, and enjoyed you know, he was gone and the devastation it was causing for my sister, you know, and what, what we were going to have to do to help support her going forward. And uh, so I shared with him, I decided to open up and share with him my idea that we don't, we don't just spend one lifetime on this earth. You know, we, we do play we have different roles, we have, we have different experiences, but there's almost unlimited number on earth. 
and that I'd come through things like Buddhism and you know, studying other things to accept that there's at least a possibility, you know, that it's not one and done. And he got quiet for a few minutes and I'm thinking, oh gosh, he's gonna tell me I'm nuts. And he said, you know, there's something that he had never told anyone before in his entire life. And that was when he was six years old, he had a dream and he was the pilot of a B-25 bomber in World War II. The plane was in flames and he was doing his best to control it at the same time, giving the command to abandon ship. And I apologize. I mean, this always hits me when I share it. And um, so, and he said he was, I didn't never even realize this, but apparently he was shouting out the commands so loudly that it woke up our dad who came in to check on him. But the really strange part of all this was he woke up the next morning with complete knowledge of that aircraft. And brother, you know, has always been fascinated with planes, has always flown, um, as I mentioned. And, but it was really heartwarming for him to share that. And I also, it really opened me up to that so many people have these kind of experiences, but we're all reluctant because he said, I mean, he was afraid to share any of this because he thought people would, you know, think him delusional or crazy or making stuff up. And um, I just looked at him and I said, no, I don't think you're making it up at all. Um, I've run into other things like this. And I guess the, the other addendum to this was, um, I found myself getting very emotional just sharing this with a few people once in a while. And then one time in meditation, I finally asked, is there more for me to see? And it turned out the answer was yes. And what I was shown and taken to was a trailing aircraft, another B-25. I'm looking out through the windscreen, I'm seeing his crew come out of that aircraft. And I could just feel the desperation. I mean, just helplessness. I couldn't do a damn thing. And yet I knew I was to meant, meant to get my crew back safely. And I guess the other piece of this is my brother in this lifetime was born in 47. And I was born in 51. If there's even a remote chance that we shared that lifetime together, neither of us survived that war. And yet here we are back in the same family, um, had our difficulties, but now have built a very good relationship. And uh, so it's opened up a lot of things um, you know, and, that I'm very grateful for. And why was that a turning point for you? What did that experience, that conversation do for you? Well, it helped me realize that I no longer needed to hide so much of what I had been experiencing and that I could begin to put the, the, you know, at the time my professional life, as well as this whole other life of doing, you know, things like shamanic journeys and different forms of meditation and everything. Um, which going back to the notion of quest, I didn't realize I was on um, until, you know, some years ago, when I realized that 
so much of life was directing me towards this one thing, which happened to be unconditional love. And what do you hope that a reader of this book will receive from the book? A couple of things. One is, one is maybe to be able to look back on what they've experienced and see a thread going through that maybe wasn't obvious before. And the other is that, well, related to that, it is that there's, there's often something going through all of our lives that has continued to nudge us towards some form of awakening. And it, these can be different, but I think in some ways we're, we are ultimately being directed to um, very similar things. I mean, Heather, you and I have had some amazing conversations and yet our journeys on the surface look different and even April, you know, it's, you know, but once we start going further into what we are experiencing, what we are trying to achieve and what we want to do, there's such commonality there that it's just utterly amazing. Brilliant, that's amazing. And I love that story. And there's so many other great stories in The Ultimate Quest. It's a beautifully written book. It really, as the Kirkus Reviews said, you know, it's a surprising and effective account. It, it really will take you through the five-year journey, the ultimate quest that Don went through, um, that story just being one of many. And hopefully to help you see that the things you might have experienced that maybe you've never spoken of before, or maybe you thought were weird or no one would believe you or what's after this lifetime? Is there anything else? What's beyond this? These are all questions that humans grapple with and it's normal to do so. And this book brings it into a space of um, being able to see someone else go through their various questions and stages of spiritual awakening and uh what a courageous book to put out you know hats off to you don not only to go through the journey before you know you had to go through it yourself on a personal level to write about it but then to be able to really put it on paper and give it the time and the thought and attention it needs to really dive in and find all of those nuggets of wisdom and all of those stories and all of those pieces. And how did that relate to who you were then? And how did it evolve who you were? And how did you integrate? All of those things are key elements that is part of the universal human experience, I believe, that we get to have. Um, and that's what makes us such an effective book. So the book is called The Ultimate Quest. You can get it on Amazon. Um, you can look up Don's name, Don Fedor, and you can see it there. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pull it up here. And um, the subtitle is Awakening to the Power of Love. And uh, it is really a book like you may not, might never have read before. And um, you can follow him on Instagram at Don Fedor PhD. Is that your username on Instagram? Yes, apparently there's another Don Fedor on Instagram. Ah, well, of course there is. It's in billions of people in the world. Um, so Don Fedor PhD is where you can find Don on Instagram. You could send him a message on there. Of course, you can search his name on Amazon to get his book, or you can find him uh, at donfedorphd.com, right? Do you have a PhD on your website or no? 
no. website, I think, is just on Fedor. No, I think it was. The It'll be in the show notes. I will put all that in the show notes. But be sure to get the book. Be sure to reach out to Don. If you can make it down to Naples on March 17th of 2023, you can meet him in person. You can get a signed copy of his book. You could take a selfie with him. It would be amazing. And, uh, you know, we're so grateful that he's willing to be a part of this event with us again this year. Uh, what a great job he's done preparing his talk, um, getting his book out. We celebrate him on this second book launch with us. Uh, Heather, do you have any final words about Don that you'd like to say to Don or to any of our listeners today? Well, I do want to say two little things about the book that it isn't a book unlike anyone I think you've ever read. And there's two things I want to say. First thing is there's some good romance in it, actually, which is kind of a surprise, right? And there's also five amazing illustrations, which is rare for a book like this that adds so much to it. So those were two of my little tidbits that would draw me to a book. And so I hope that'll draw some readers you know, to that book, um, do yourself a favor and read this incredible story, entertaining, learning, funny, all those things that Don has worked for, you know, for two years on, or in even more years. Um, so Don, thank you so much for trusting us for working with us for sharing all this so openly. And hopefully there's some people listening who want to write a book and are now inspired from your story and your experience to do that so that they can share their message with the world the way that you have. Well, and thanks to both of you. It is what it is at this point in time so how's that for a sales pitch it is what it is get my book <laughs> <laughs> but i will also add that if they do read it and i would love for everyone listening to do that that i'd also appreciate the feedback i'd love to hear from you but i want very open five-star amazon review can you tell him as publisher of five-star amazon reviews what we would love <laughs> and um and if you have anything less, you can send me a private message and we will talk it out. And so, if you have any questions, Don is very open to answering them. He's he's great. So thank you both for being on the show. And uh, as always, we hope that you, the listener, has gotten something great that is inspiring, that's giving you courage to take that next step, to write your book, to put it out there and to share your heart, your hope, and yourself uh, with the world. So let's pop on over to our closure and we will see you all next time. And that concludes this episode of the I'm Book Podcast. To find out more about Don, you can visit his site at donfedor.com. You can get his books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere you purchase your books online. You can meet him in person in Naples, Florida on March 17th, 2023 at our Book Naples event. Don't forget to grab your ticket at o'learypublishing.com forward slash booked Naples. We hope to see you there.